And we are back. And by we, I mean just Kelsey, but also Jessica. Yay! It's the best <laughs> possible combination of anyone in Dude Thought. It's really the only combination that matters. I'm so, I'm going to go ahead and apologize to our listeners because this is just going to be the best episode ever, but it's still not going to be the norm. Like next week, it'll just be like those dudes again. So, like, we're sorry to get you so hooked on this wonderful episode, the greatest episode yet. It's and true. then not deliver it consistently. It's true. Put votes in now if you think we need to just make our own. We probably should, but we're both very tired. <laughs> it's true. There is no time in the day. Yeah, we don't have the energy to do that. But, hello. We are together. It's very exciting. <laughs> it's true. I can see your whole face and body at I the know, same time. So, not even on a screen, just right here in front of me. It's true. What an exciting time in our lives. I honestly, yeah, it's true. It's been over a year since we've seen each other last. No. No? Yeah, I saw you in April. Where? What was I doing? And also in July. It's been some months since we've seen each other. <laughs> it's been a year since we lived in the same state. Mm, that, yep. We have seen each other since <laughs> I really, then. I was adamant that that was a fact. I was like, yeah. I was ready to agree with you. I was like, I know. <laughs> no, that's not so correct. So long. Oh my God. That's <laughs> hilarious. Okay. It's been, but it's been too long. Yeah. Well, yes. Anything more than three days is too long. Honestly, that's too long. That's, Th- I agree. <laughs> it's, it, it's too much for me. Are we codependent? Debatable. We could ask a therapist, but we won't. So. But we should. Anyone out there? Hello? Are you a therapist? Please help us. Please. We need so much help. Okay. Um, I have to ask, even though I know. Jessica, hey, friend, what's up? <laughs> well, um, it's been a long time since I've been on one of these episodes. And I think the last time I was on one of these episodes, we announced that we were pregnant, maybe? Yeah, I think that was the last time you and Carmen did one by yourselves, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a long time. <laughs> and since then, I actually have had a baby. That is the natural progression. <laughs> yes. So that is mostly what is up with every single one of my days. Yes. I wake she- up, take care of a baby, continue to take care of that baby, <laughs> go to sleep, take care of that baby. That's pretty much the life that I live now. She is... Very small and so cute. I know. I love her so much. I it's wild. I also love her so much, but you love her more. But I do. it's a close second. I also love her a lot. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. Um, yes, yeah, so that's really constantly what is up with me. I am still married to that dude named Carmen. That is impressive also. Sometimes disappointing, but you know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's great and wonderful, but... Yeah. What about you? Hey, friend. What's up? Um, I'm just in Chicago visiting my best friends right now because they have a really cute baby and I missed them. So I had to come and see the baby and their faces. And it's been really great, but it is offensively cold. It's so cold. I did think I was going to cry earlier today when we were outside because it was very cold, but also very windy, which is not a good combination. I hated it. Yeah. The wind hurts your face. That's when it's offensive. Yeah, I, it was bad. But I, if I had cried, they probably would have frozen the tears right on my skin, which would have been worse. It's true. That is absolutely true. Yeah. I am sorry. I do apologize for the cold in the Midwest. <laughs> it is not your fault. You would make it warmer if you could, I believe. I, I would. For you and also my baby. Yes, and yourself. <laughs> and also, you were also cold. Yes, that is true. And also for me. Yeah, 30 degrees is just several degrees too cold (laughs) many 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 degrees too cold and it's not even snowing if it's going to be that cold it should snow i agree although then when it starts to snow you feel that way but (laughs) like in tennessee 
Yeah, snows, nothing happens when it snows. It snows and it's precious. Yeah. In Chicagoland, it snows and it is still very offensive. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it was snowing, I wouldn't go outside. I would yeah. just look through the through the window at the precious yard and be like, look how cute it is all covered in snow. That's fair. And That's... then, uh, yeah, it would just be nice to look at. I wouldn't do anything. <laughs> it's, it is. It can be painful and difficult. But it is. It's nice to look at. I agree. It's beautiful. But yeah, the cold's not for me. I uh, hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's the worst. Um, so today we just thought since we have now both given birth and have had babies, uh, we would talk about giving birth and having babies and also the pregnancy part, which we both had different experiences in all of those parts but um the pregnancy part specifically i was sick but then jessica was sicker so <laughs> while parts of it were great parts of it were gross i was like not that that's a fun competition <laughs> i not. puked some but she puked more <laughs> she puked the most <laughs> it was awful yeah, yeah i think that uh hopefully if you're listening to this you want to know a little bit about what pregnancy is like just unveiled. Because we're going to tell you. So. Way too many details, probably. And then also our birth stories, because we have extremely different like birth experiences. Very different, yeah. Um, and then who knows what else we'll talk about. <laughs> Whatever but. we want, because we're <laughs> in charge today. It's so true. No dudes here controlling this. Clearly. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never again. So uh, I can... Well, you were, you were pregnant first. You should start. Well... It was a long time ago, so I don't know how much I'll remember, but um, I was pregnant um, many times ago. It was 2019, mm-hmm. in the before times. Ah. None of my pregnancy was COVID, and my birth was right before COVID. So that is crazy. That was another way it was really different. Um, some, but some people might not even remember <laughs> the times I know. before COVID. Yes, like our children, because <laughs> they were born in the COVID Shoot. times. They'll only know half of my face. <laughs> They'll only know masks. Um so I found out I was pregnant like two weeks, maybe not even two weeks before we went to Europe. Um, but obviously we still went to Europe. Um, and <laughs> I was really nervous that I was going to be super crazy tired and sick the whole time. But luckily I was not sick at all when we were there. But I, I had a little bit of, like I had bursts of very much exhaustion where like I would just be like, I can't do anymore. I have to be asleep. Um, and luckily we were able to do that because we had a pretty chill European vacation where we just would do whatever we felt like we were going to do true. and then stop doing it when we were done. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's it's true. a very loose itinerary. Um, so there were just a few times where I was like, I just have to go lay down. But for the most part, um, it was really good. And then when we got back, it was like right at the two month mark. And that's when I started getting sick all the time. Um, and it was terrible <laughs> because I never knew what was going to make me sick. Sometimes it was just being awake. And sometimes I would eat something that I thought I wanted and then I would throw it up. And that was the worst. Um, and then I was lucky because some of the like, um, homeopathic remedies would actually work for me because they really don't prescribe you anything for nausea unless it gets very, very bad, like yeah. very bad like for a very long physically time. physically can keep some morsels of yeah. food down, they say, you should really just try to tough it out. <laughs> You're fine. Just yeah. deal. You tough it out, <laughs> yeah, doctor. You don't know. Yeah. Um, so I was to do like sour candies. That's one thing that is often recommended. And I don't know if it's a real thing. I was telling Jessica the other day, I don't know if it's a real thing or like a placebo effect where they're like, they just tell you it's going to work. And then it does. Cause it's kind of just distracting you by being very sour. So then you're not thinking about the fact that you want to throw up. So sometimes that would, that would work. So that was okay. 
Um, and then other times I would just eat saltines and not move for 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I remember those days. <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, nothing really helped Jessica with her nausea. It's true. She but we'll get to that. Time. We'll get to that when I tell my exciting story. Um, but my nausea probably lasted like halfway through my second trimester because I only know that because I had like a lot of everyone knew, which I waited to like four or five months to tell everyone, like everyone, everyone make it common knowledge. And everyone knew and I was still throwing up all the time and like not getting out of bed. Um, but it was, again, mine was really inconsistent because some days it would truly be fine and I could eat whatever I wanted and just live my life. And some days I could do absolutely nothing at all and feel nothing but lay next to the toilet. So, and then also they always say in the second trimester, you like get over your nausea and then you get like all of your pregnancy energy and you just feel so great and you just want to do all the things. Yeah. And I definitely never had that either. Same. I just kept waiting for the energy to come and I was just, it is such a lie. It is. I was just so tired. And I was like, I just feel as though I cannot move ever. And so I just kept waiting to not feel that way. And it never happened. And then you get to the third trimester, which is really when it's like the worst. <laughs> Cause like, then you're just huge. Like, you just can't do anything. You're just, Everything hurts. It hurts to get out of the bed. It hurts to get into the bed. Like there's no comfortable way to sleep. Cause you're not allowed to sleep on your back. You're obviously not allowed to sleep on your stomach. You can only sleep <laughs> on your sides and they recommend you sleep on your right side. Cause it's easier for your heart to like pump all your blood. If you do it that way because of gravity or something, I don't know. And so there's just, it's terribly uncomfortable. And then, that's I'll, I don't know about you, but I also was having like a really bad lower back pain for most of my third trimester. And so even like in the nighttime, I was like, I just everything hurts. And then my hips also were like on fire all the time. And then I started I don't know if you ever had this, like the really bad leg cramps, like in, oh, yeah. in your calves. I had several. Oh, yeah. Um, a few woke me up in the middle of the night and I just started screaming out, which is like a really super, super fun way for Michael to wake <laughs> up because I was just screaming out at 2am and he was like, what is happening? And I was like, my leg, my leg. I will say, so that never happened to me, but fun sidebar of a story. Uh, that has happened to Carmen, clearly not being pregnant because he, what? Has, he has never been pregnant. But one, one time we were like dead asleep and I just wake up to him screaming, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? And he just yelled, Charlie Hoard. <laughs> it's like four in the morning. It was honestly the funniest experience. Like it shouldn't have been funny. I should have felt bad for him, but it was genuinely hysterical. And so when you describe that, that's what I think about. <laughs> well, there was because there were a few times where it would woke, wake, wake me up and then I would like be able to calmly wake my up and be like, I need your help. Can you like rub my leg or like put the heating pad on my leg? But then there was the one time where it like woke me up out of a dead sleep and I was like oh <laughs> I can just like so oh my god yes I have experienced that but not myself which is good so yeah I don't know if there and the, there were a few times in the third trimester where we had the the quote-unquote walk of shame visit to the hospital where you go because you think you're having the baby but you're not so then you have to leave and you didn't have your baby um so we did that a few times the first time I was just having really weird pain and I don't I after having a baby, I would now not describe it as contractions at all. It was just like very weird, repetitive pain in my side. And so I called the doctor. It was very late at night. So I called like the, the helpline or whatever. And they were like, uh, you should come in just in case because like maybe it's early labor. 
but I don't really know. So just come in. So that was super fun because we had nothing ready at that point. Like we didn't even have bags packed. So we just went and luckily I was not in labor. And then I had to go back to the doctor to follow up. And she basically told me that because Scarlett was so consistently in the same position, like pushing up against the same part of me, I had like internal bruises from like just where her (laughs) head was constantly sitting. So when she had like rolled or whatever and poked those spots, she was just poking bruises for inside of me. So that is why I was having those pains. That is super fun. That is wild. Nothing like that happened to me. Thank goodness. Yeah. So I think those are like the main talking points of mine because I don't really know that there was anything super exciting about it. It was like pretty, pretty standard. Luckily, like even though I was sick a lot, it was technically a very healthy pregnancy and we didn't have to deal with any like crazy stories or concerns or anything like that. Yeah. I would say, I mean, my pregnancy was also technically very healthy, though I felt very unhealthy for a large (laughs) majority of it. So, yeah, I was also incredibly sick. Um, Although my very first pregnancy symptom was nausea. So that was a fun time. Um, I did not have, like, I don't know what it was. Bacon specifically is, like, was was the triggering factor. And it was um, in February. That's when we conceived. And I just remember, like, he would cook something and I I would eat it or smell it and be like, man, I just don't feel very good. Like, that's so weird. Like, my stomach. Now, I am somebody who gets stomach sick a lot for whatever reason. I'm just blessed in that way. And so I was like, I didn't think anything about it. And that's when Carmen was like, you should take a test. And I was like, that's silly. That's, I mean, okay, though. And that's when I realized my very first symptom was nausea. And that's when I should have known <laughs> it was going to be a good time. But I didn't. Um, so I was sick almost every single day, a lot multiple times a day, usually for five straight months. Um, it was awful. It, yeah, there's just no way to, I mean, other than the blessing of being pregnant and now having Marlo, I can tell you it was a pretty, pretty horrendous way to spend five months, especially because I was working and moving still and moving and oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, yes. Moving into a house and had a new job. So you're trying to like make a good impression, but you're like vomiting every single day at work. Also, both of us had jobs where we were like on our feet a lot, like walking around, yeah. being very present, like moving lots of places. So absolutely that's a whole other thing. It's true. Uh, and it, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> terrible. I'm like trying to be like, oh, you didn't feel like a positive spin on it. But no, it was, it was just hard. And there's no way for other people to comprehend it. So a part of me just felt like these brand new people at my job surely thought like, can this girl please suck it up? Like <laughs> everyone gets sick. But like, guys, pregnancy nausea is not like normal nausea. No, because a lot of times when you're normal nausea and you throw up, you're like, thank God I feel so much better. Yeah. I can go on with my life. But when pregnancy is not is giving you nausea and you throw up, you're just still nauseous. You're just like, great, I guess I'll just throw up again later. And it's like crippling. Like It's terribly you just, uncomfortable. I could just sit there and stare at a wall and heavy breathe for like 24 hours. To the on point end. where like you can't, you, I'm like, I don't even know if I can drink water without like getting sick like there's nothing that I look at that makes me think this will make me feel better (laughs) except for the floor it's exactly just like holding yourself (laughs) crying in a corner like it's like because normally when I have like an upset stomach I love to put the heating pad on my tummy because it gives me relief but obviously you cannot do that because like you'll cook your baby which is frowned upon so like you just have to feel like shit all the time (laughs) yeah it yep yep (laughs) 
So that was fun for five months. And then magically, genuinely, it was like magic. Oh, there was like random things. So like Kelky said, the doctor wouldn't prescribe, like, because there were days where I would keep some food down. And so since that was the way I answered that question, they were like, oh, then we're not going to prescribe you medicine for this nausea. And I was like, that seems mean. (laughs) And they were like, it's not. So they gave me, um, they told me to take Dramamine, which is a motion sickness medicine. And I was like, well, I'm not on a boat, but sure, I'll take this Dramamine. (laughs) And it didn't didn't really, like, there was nothing, like, homeopathic or nothing that I was taking or doing that was helping. Like, literally nothing, which was a large bummer. Um, So there was that. And then, yeah, one one day, magically, it just kind of went away. And that was, like, genuinely the best day ever. (laughs) But then, like you said, they're like, oh, it's second trimester is magical. Incorrect. Uh, yet another lie told to us all about pregnancy just to make us feel better. It makes you feel like when you're in the, when you're in the first trimester, you can just, it's like it's going to be the light at the end of the tunnel. But then it's just a lie. I mean, I'm sure there are some people who actually get to have their energy in the second trimester, but um, neither of these people were those people. So we just got to not have energy. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and for me, I honestly, I I was still working every day. I was still like, I was, I wasn't having the nausea, but I was, I was just, I don't know. I was just exhausted. There was no moment where I was like, oh my gosh, I could do everything. I could clean and paint this whole house. I could, I could, I don't know, weave a blanket and (laughs) plant flowers in the garden. Like there was never, that like wasn't a thing for me. So that was unfortunate, but I will say the second trimester, there was a few months where I finally got to just enjoy, in a sense, being pregnant and like getting to feel the flutters and yeah, the kicks and all those. That is around the time that you can really start feeling the movement, which is the, one of the best things. Like it's very hard to describe, but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really. I genuinely, it is very hard to describe and it is easily, easily the coolest thing about being pregnant. Yeah. And pretty much the only thing I think people say they miss. Like, I don't think that there's other things. Yeah. Oh, I will also say, never once did I have a glow. Okay, same. This is a funny story. So my boss and I were pregnant at the same time. She was five weeks ahead of me. She was pregnant with a boy. I was pregnant with a girl. Not that that matters necessary, necessarily, but it was fun to kind of compare and contrast because there's so many, like, w- wives' tales about yeah. one or the other. And we did have wildly different pregnancies so she had the nausea but not any vomiting and she for sure was glowing like we would be so we would be walking the floor together at our work and the employees would walk up to her and they knew we were both pregnant and they would be like Catherine you are glowing and then they would look at me and be like hi Jessica how you doing you look bad you are rough like they didn't say that but they did not have to like that was the implication it was awful but yeah, she like was glow. She looked great. Like she honestly, I mean, I don't know. I haven't talked to her about how much she loved being pregnant. I, I, I think probably there's a minority of people who say that they loved being pregnant. But um, she for sure got like those those tr- uh, stereotypical compliments, and I certainly did not. People I, uh, could see it in my face. I hate it when people say they loved being pregnant. After now being pregnant, I hate it. And I'm sorry if you feel that way. I don't know if like you're looking through rose colored glasses, but I don't feel like that's true. I feel like it's much more likely that you're a liar. (laughs) (laughs) I, I will say like, I didn't hate being pregnant. Even the being sick part, it was awful. 
But it is, this sounds terrible. Let us just say, like, because this sounds really inconsiderate because there are so many people in the world who have a hard, like, can't get pregnant or have a hard time getting pregnant. And it's the largest blessing in our entire lives. Oh, absolutely. Like, for sure, we're not saying that. But the experience itself is not necessarily what it is always painted to be. That's, I feel like, where a lot of my issues come from is because everyone like makes it seem like oh you'll be a little sick but it'll be fine and you'll feel so great afterwards and like it's so worth it which it for sure is so worth it but I feel like there's just not a lot of honesty around the way pregnancy is discussed in in the world but and I don't know it makes me feel like society feels like it has to trick women into being pregnant by lying about what it's gonna be like which is absurd because obviously like We've both been pregnant and not had great experiences and both intend to do it again. So, like, clearly we do know that it's worth it. And we are very grateful that we got to experience it. I just think it is important to, like, let people speak their truth. Because I also experienced people would ask me, like, oh, how are you feeling? And I would say, I'm feeling really bad. Like, this is, I don't, like, I don't feel good ever. And they would, like, take offense. And they were also other people who had been pregnant. And I was like... I, you're making this worse. Like, don't ask me if you don't actually care how I'm feeling. Amen to that. Yeah. I, I think the way I would describe it is so in, it is an inconvenience (laughs) (laughs) and it's like a painful one. Like it just causes very constant pain. Yeah. It just like makes, I think for somebody I'm like, I love to call myself independent and really like be able to do all of these things. And I'm very driven and I'm constantly doing things. And so I feel like it really just changed who I was as a person. Like it made me incapable of doing be like being who I felt I was. And I think for me, that's what I mean by inconvenient. Like it, like at the end in my third trimester, there were mornings I had to wake up Carmen and be like, I need you to put my shoes on because I literally cannot reach my feet right now. Yeah. It's and that hard. is like, that's the definition of inconvenient. It's not that I'm not grateful for this baby, but I physically cannot put on my own shoes. And that's both embarrassing and inconvenient. <laughs> like I wouldn't describe that as magical personally. Yeah. I feel like people think that they have to only say positive things about their pregnancy because otherwise people are like, Oh, she doesn't love her baby, which again is, very false because we both love our babies more than basically anything else in the world truly so it's just kind of frustrating to to feel a lot of like not a not like yourself and also like physically ill and physically in pain but then also feel like you're not allowed to say any of that because people will be like you're a terrible woman honestly I feel exactly the same way especially like I said like at work everyone's like oh my gosh like blah 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 pregnancy yay and I was like yeah it's so great also sometimes people would be like oh how are you doing and I would be like I'm I'm really tired and they would go oh it's probably because it's like super rainy out I'm be like it's probably because I'm making a human being <laughs> it's probably because I like, do you see what's my, wrong like, are with you, you? <laughs> I'm yeah. carrying around a human being inside of my body that is why I'm tired Truly. it's not the rain Truly. Yeah. The exhaustion too is what, here's what I will say. Uh, the first trimester exhaustion and the third trimester exhaustion are for sure more than the second trimester, like tiredness. So like we both didn't feel the burst of energy. I can say I personally was still tired, but it wasn't as awful as like the third and the first for sure. Like for me, but I never, I never felt the like what they describe yes. as like you get all your energy back and you can do you all can run these a things. marathon. Like I definitely didn't feel like I needed to constantly sleep. <laughs> I definitely still appreciated a nap. <laughs> yes, forever. Yeah. 
Um, and then I think, like, my, again, my second trimester was uh, pretty standard, I think, for the most part. And then my third, kind, just kind of the wackiest thing that happened to me in my third that was a little outside of norm, of the norm. We didn't do any of the type of trips to the emergency room that you <laughs> described, but we did have to make one trip to the emergency room, and that was because um, I was shopping at the at the mall um, with my mom and Carmen, and I my I had been experiencing some weird like tightness and um, like pain in my right arm like as I slept like five days prior and like every day, and I was like, oh, she's probably just sitting on a nerve or something. Like as we always justify whatever ailment in our body <laughs> while we're pregnant, we just assume it's the baby yep. eating us from the inside. <laughs> Correct. And um, so I'm like, oh, no big deal. And then we're at the mall shopping, and I look down at my arm, and it's like twice the size of my left arm and turning purple and I was like mm, that seems not normal it's the color change for me <laughs> yeah and I thought maybe I, I actually looked at my mom and went should I call my doctor and she was like yes obviously you need to do that um and so I did they recommended going to the emergency room because the worst case scenario it was a blood clot and so obviously I started to have an absolute panic attack as we're driving to the emergency room, but not too much of a panic attack to not go home first and pack everything we needed <laughs> in case we were going to have the baby. So we did that. Carmen and I went home. We grabbed all the stuff, which luckily we had like at least our bags mostly packed. So we just had to like grab some of the, like our toiletries or whatever and then throw them in there, throw them in the car. Um, and then we're heading to the emergency room. We get there. Um, that was an experience <laughs> all in and of itself. I haven't been to an emergency room in a very long time, but boy, wow, what a time. Um, and then we get up to the, they take us up to like the um, OBGYN emergency room. There's like a special one and we're in there and I find out that all it is is carpal tunnel. Pregnancy carpal Pre tunnel. <laughs> specifically, it is, a, who, first of all, for them to say, oh, this is super common. I have never heard anyone <laughs> say that. But here's what I will tell you. Since then, every pregnant woman I talk to, not every single one, but I would say like 40% of the pregnant women I've talked to, my boss included and a friend of mine, were like, oh, yeah, I had that too. I'm That's like, well, so you weird. didn't have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> like, what? Did your arm turn purple? I don't understand. <laughs> well, I had it post-pregnancy because I remember talking to my doctor at one of my follow-up appointments. And I'd be like, yeah, my my joints and my fingers are wildly stiff when I wake up. And, like, they're always, there's all, like, pain sh up shooting up and down my arm. And she goes. This is, this is like a pregnancy symptom that you're describing to me. This is a late-term pregnancy symptom, so I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> you're just going to have to tough it out. Yeah, it, it's like that was for sure the weird. And then I felt, I don't know, I felt like this weird guilt, like, oh, babe, I'm sorry. We had to come to the ER for them to tell me I have carpal tunnel and also do nothing about it. Like that was, it was such an experience. So obviously we went home. We did not have a baby that day, but it was very close to our due date. Um because at that point that we were making no progress, my baby <laughs> thought she was going to live in me, inside of me until her wedding day. I she think. was ready to renew her lease for <laughs> sure. <laughs> she really was. And so um, we had like an induction date. So it was very close to our induction date. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of like that was like the, the last <laughs> thing that was like really wild that happened before we ended up going through our our actual labor and delivery experience. But. Before we do that, I want to talk, because I don't know if we really ever talked about this in depth, and certainly not on the podcast, because we haven't ever been done this together, um, but our name selection process, like what, what what we went through to get to the names for the baby, because naming a baby is hard. 
Because you want to like give them a name that's a name and not, you know, like armchair or table or something really absurd. <laughs> um, but you also like don't want them to have a name that every other person has. But you also want it to not be a made up just blah, like conglomerate it's, of sounds. It's true. It's like not water easy. Puck. <laughs> water Apple. puck Magnolo. Apple tree Magnolo. <laughs> it's like. No offense to anyone who's named Waterpuck out there. I am so sorry. So sorry. It's a really unique name. We're also in a time frame where people will just take a name that's very normal and just spell it as inconveniently as possible. And this is frustrating to me because my name is spelled incorrectly. My name is spelled K-E-L-C-E-Y as opposed to the normal K-E-L-S-E-Y. Now, my parents did not do this to make a point. They truly knew they liked the name Kelsey, but had never seen it written down. So they thought that sounds correct. And so that is why that is my name. I love it. When I see it spelled with an S now, I think that is not my name. But I don't really care. I've gotten over it long ago because it's not, it is not the normal way. So when people are like, I'm going to spell my baby's name different because I want them to have a unique name. I'm like, as someone who has experienced that for over 30 years, they will be mad at you when they find out you did that on purpose. Like, I just, you do whatever you want. It's your baby. I'm just telling you. Yeah. When they find out that was intentional, they will harbor anger towards you. Like, I've never been mad at my parents because I'm like, they weren't doing it to be like, oh, now she'll be so cool. So I've been like, that's fine. I don't care. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And I think it might be valuable to the audience for them to know that uh, Kelki and I have unique uh, job experiences <laughs> in which we have met a lot of, uh, of children, uh, like a lot, a so lot like of children, just thousands <laughs> like in like a single week, anywhere from 200 to 400 a day, depending yeah. on which experience we're speaking about. <laughs> um, and so I think in that experience, what we took away from it, this was pre way pre like we, were, yeah, we weren't even married <laughs> yes. to each other or our husbands. <laughs> yes, it's true. Um, and I think, like, definitely what we always talked about and what we took away from that experience was, like, the pressure that we would feel one day when we had to name a human because we saw people both be successful at it and also fail miserably, yeah. in our opinions. Yeah. Um, and then, again, too, just the commonality of some, like, names across just the world, really. I feel as though there is a boom right now for the letter X. There's a lot of people who really want to, like, give the letter X a comeback. <laughs> I don't know Fair, that it actually. means a comeback. I think it's okay being used for X-ray and xylophone and nothing else. Like, I think it's all right, guys. Honestly, that is actually true. I hadn't actually thought of that. I feel like that was one I was just... and Because there's not a lot of names that use it. There are names. I guess, like, Max is a common name that, yeah. you, that uses it. There's, But there's not a lot. And I feel that's one where people are um, creating their own name just to use the letter X. And I say, but is this a name? I don't know. Uh, I have a perfect example for that. Um, one time in our previous uh, job, yes, um, I met a child whose name was spelled X-Y-N-N-E. And I didn't even try to pronounce it because I knew I would get it wrong. So I asked the parents, expecting not what they said. I said, oh, what a unique name. How do you say it? And they said, Cheyenne. I would have guessed Anne. I really thought it was just <laughs> going to be Anne. I said, I'm sorry, you said it was X, Y, N, N, E? Yeah. Okay. Neat. <laughs> I just, My favorite, I just, I will, I have to tell this one. We had one that was... V-I-I. And 
it was we attempted to say vi as you would if you speak the english language and know the alphabet <laughs> but were corrected by the parents because the pronunciation was seven and they had named her the roman numerals seven but i just that one i think was the worst one for me if you're listening i'm not even apologizing <laughs> Uh, but it's thank you for listening though we yeah, are thanks for the support <laughs> tell your friends <laughs> oh my gosh oh okay so all that backstory was to say there was a lot of dialogue around baby naming when um both of our <laughs> conceptions happened um so how did how did you come up with yours i've always really liked the name scarlet i feel like it's um classic and but like it's unique ish like there are definitely other scarlets but i don't think it's like every third kid is a scarlet michael is one where everyone has always been he's always had like seven other michaels in his class even if there were only like four other kids in the class they were just jessica here i understand (laughs) so i always like um in high school there was only one other kelsey in my grade and but then when we worked uh, together, there was like one point in time where there were four Kelsey's and we all spelled our name differently. It was crazy. That is true. Um, but so I wanted like a unique name, but not one that was like, that's made up. Um, and I also think Scarlet in a lot of ways is very like Southern sounding, probably because of Gone with the Wind. Um, but I like it. And I think it's it's I've always been very attached to Scarlet and also Charlotte. But we landed on Scarlet for different reasons. And then... Um, Michael's mother's name is Kathy and my mother's name is Catherine, but who she goes by Kathy. So then we thought the middle name of Catherine really like honors them both. So we just went with that because it felt like a family name without being too like reachy for sometimes people go real far back for the family names and it gets a little weird, but that was just kind of a nice nod to both the grandmas. We thought, yeah, I wish our story was that sweet. It's not, Um, (laughs) but your baby is that is true. I have no regrets. I like the name. I also it, like the name. Yes. Um, so for us, our baby's name is, I don't know that, I'm sure, I'm sure Carmen has talked about her. Um, her name is Marlo Hendricks Magnolo. And for us, we did spell Marlo. So there's three ways that you can spell it. There's M-A-R-L-O, which if anyone has ever heard of Marlo Thomas, that is how she spells it. Um, she's a famous actress or was. Uh, and then there's M-A-R-L-O-W-E, which, um, is actually, I, I believe the more masculine way to spell the name because it is technically like a more androgynous name. And then we spelled it just M-A-R-L-O-W. Make it easy. Make it easy for the people. That's the way, if I had never seen it written, that is how I would guess it was spelled. That's how I felt. In fact, like, cause I did that before I did like a lot of research on the name, thinking that that was the more traditional (laughs) way to spell it. And it actually isn't. So um, I apologize to her in advance if she can never get any personalized keychains anywhere she ever goes. But again, you weren't doing it just to be annoying. So that is true. I did not do it intentionally. Um, and so that name for us, it was we were toying with a lot of names. And um, anyone out there knows that Carmen has a lot of opinions and often with no reasoning behind them. <laughs> Correct. So, so like for me, it was we were coming up with all these names and often he would be like, I hate it. And I would say, why? And he would say, I just hate it. <laughs> OK, great. So when um, I saw that name, I think it was just honestly like online or somewhere. And I just thought, oh, that's like a really unique, like you said, unique, yeah. but not made up. Yes. Um, and so I was like, I just really loved it. I also one of the reasons I was attached to it is because my mother's name is Marlena. And I liked that it was like 
a nod to her yeah, name. For sure. um, and my brother has four kids, and he's done a really great job of incorporating family names all over the place, including my father's middle name. So no one had attempted to um, incorporate my mother's name. And so I was like, well, let me try to do that with this name. So when I brought the name to Carmen, he really liked it for once, <laughs> um, which was nice. And then we had a really hard time landing on a middle name. And like, like really hard to the point where I thought we couldn't use the name Marlo anymore because <laughs> every name sounded terrible with it. And we were watching a White Sox game in the basement. And um, Liam Hendricks, who's a closing pitcher for the White Sox, uh, was up on the mound. And we were arguing about the middle name, <laughs> ironically. And he looks at the TV and goes, what about Hendricks? And I go, I don't hate that. <laughs> And then pretty much that's how we landed on it. Um, we argued about the spelling for a little while because the X, we yeah. were like, we could do Hendrix, like R-I-X. And I said, we're already kind of being edgy with Hendrix as a middle name. We don't need to look like we're reaching <laughs> to be too cool. Um, and so we did not go with that. And then, um, again, I just felt like a more traditional spelling was um, the C-K-S at the end, which is actually not how the pitcher spells his name. How does he spell it? Just K-S, no ah, C. Ah, yeah. no C, that's right. Um, yeah, so that is how we landed on the middle name, um, which was a fun experience in and of itself because it was Carmen used that as leverage to really try to make a connection <laughs> with this pitcher and his wife because obviously we now live in the Chicagoland area, um, and it almost worked. We were so very, close. Yes, it has it has landed us a, a couple of cool things. Like we got this actual um, gift box from the Chicago White Sox uh, for our child because of it. But that was kind of the coolest thing it afforded us. Really nothing else. Well, and the middle name for the baby. <laughs> well, that is true. Yes, it is a cool middle Names name. Names are also hard because you can, like, let's say you just love the name Paul your whole life. You're like, I love the name Paul. If I ever have a son, I'm definitely going to name him Paul. And then, like, right before you get pregnant, you meet a Paul and it's the worst person you've ever met. So, it, like, ruins the name for you. And you're like, God dang it. That is just the worst. Did you ever have, because we both, so something that is, potentially different for um, us versus other people. A lot of people will have multiple names picked out and then they will wait till the baby is born and they will pick which name they feel that baby looks like, which is interesting. But like, so that's like my brother and sister-in-law, that's like something they did. And I've heard of a lot of other people doing that. Did anyone ever ask you like, I don't know if you told people the name. Did you tell people the name? I did tell when people asked, like if people asked, oh, do you have a name? I'd be like, yeah, it's going to be Scarlett. Um, but there was a point in like, I want to say late second trimester, early third trimester, where I was like, Michael, what if that's not her name? We, we got to do like, what if we got to pick another name? Like, what if her name's not Scarlett? And he was like, that's definitely what we're naming her. So you're going to have to get back on board. See, that's and that's how I felt like I was like sold on it the whole time. But people like outside people asked me multiple times um, in different situations what if she, what if she comes out and you're like, Oh, she's not a Marlo. And I was like, in what world? I don't like, that just seems so strange to the me. The thing is I get to name her. So she's going to be a Marlo. Like, that's what I'm saying. I was like, I was like, that's a weird, it just was a strange concept to me, but it's apparently a little bit more common to think that than yeah, I realized. It's strange. Um, also 
if they're like, if she doesn't look like a Marlo, good news, she's not going to look like a newborn baby her whole life. So like eventually she'll look like a Marlo. So that's, that's it. There you go. Problem solved. I know. And then I'm like, well, like, will the heavens just speak to me a name? Like, I don't, what do you mean she won't look like a Marlo? I don't understand. Like, it was just such an interesting, it was so interesting to me when people asked that. And my response was often, well, she better like her name anyways. <laughs> newborn babies don't look enough like people to, to not look like that's their name. Like, it's not like a baby's not going to look pop out and you're going to go, this baby's name is Raymond. It's like, true. that's not, they don't look enough like a human being. Even. They look far more like turtles <laughs> and frogs. Turtle alien frogs. <laughs> it's true. But the cutest. The cutest and smallest combination of those things. <laughs> Absolutely. Also, I know all three of those things are green, but newborn babies typically aren't green. <laughs> In fact, they're typically more purple. Yeah, it's really unsettling. <laughs> purple and covered in goo. Yes. Oh, speaking of which, shall we transition to your birth story? Yes, I have touched on it a little bit, but it was oh wait, yeah, a long, long time. Yeah, I forgot that you had done this. Yeah, it was a long process. So basically, I was 39 weeks and terribly uncomfortable. and Living the dream, because that's all pregnancy is. Yep, and it was December, but it was Florida, (laughs) so it was hot. Correct. So I still worked up to being like 38 weeks pregnant. And then I just decided to stop going to work until I had the baby because I was very miserable. So technically I did not start my maternity leave, but I also didn't go to work anymore. So then I just started to have contractions one day, very late in the day, very early in the morning, like 1 a.m., went to the hospital and they were like, well, we can't admit you, but like, you're probably come back later today to have this baby, which is pretty annoying when a you're in labor cause it hurts and B you also don't live close to the hospital. So then I went home for a little while and Michael got some sleep and I got not some sleep because you can't sleep when you're in labor, but I knew he was going to need to sleep because I knew I was going to have that baby and someone needed to be well rested and it wasn't going to be me. So we went home and I just like bounced on the bouncy ball for several hours until I like could not handle it anymore. And then of course it was time to go back. And by that time it was also like rush hour traffic, which was great. Cause we had to go into downtown Orlando. <laughs> so we got to go, uh, I was in labor. I never, I was, let me say, I was never in a position where I was like, I'm going to have the baby in the car. I did feel very confident that I was just in labor, but not like in danger of birthing the baby in the car, which I cannot imagine doing. <laughs> I don't know. People do it a lot and it is crazy to me. Um, So then we get back to the hospital and they're like, well, you're definitely closer. So we're not going to let you leave, but we're still not going to admit you. At this point, I have also called Jessica to come. So she is there. And also I'm pretty pissed off because I'm in a large amount of pain, have been awake for like 30 hours and they still won't let me stay, but they won't let me leave either. I will say having now both been the person who's having the contractions, but also having been the person who watched someone having contractions, it is like one of those experiences where you just want to like make the, make it better, but you just cannot. And so you're just (laughs) watching this person be in excruciating pain, but you're super uncomfortable. Like, do you want a pillow? Do you need a croissant? Can I like touch your hand? Like, what do you need? Here's a water. Like it's like impossible to help them. Yeah. It's, it's sad. But, and I did, I, I did feel very supported by Michael and Jessica um, because they truly were literally like, whatever you need, we'll do it. And they also very were very good about listening to like when they could see that I just needed to like go step away and have my angry contraction in peace. They would just let me do it and like not be overly touchy or like voice 
annoying concerns or anything. Um, so it was very nice. They were very supportive. It did get to the point. So when you're in like active labor and admitted to the hospital, they won't let you eat. So I was like, I'm going to eat a lot right now, which was probably a poor choice because I chugged the world's largest smoothie. And then because I was in so much pain, I was like, now I'm going to throw up because I ate too much smoothie. (laughs) And so the, the hospital has a lake. So they told me to go outside and walk around the lake for like an hour and a half. So I did that. And I had a bunch of angry lake contractions and called my parents to like inform them. And my, so my mom had had a flight booked for closer to my due date. And uh, I didn't get that far. So she just started driving at like 6 p.m. And so luckily she didn't make it in time, but she just had to drive through to like 2 p.m. or 2 a.m. rather. And so uh, I just had set all that up. And then I was like, all right, I'm just going to be mad, I guess. And then I finally went back in and they said, okay, you're allowed to stay. And then I just cried tears of pain and joy simultaneously. I remember that you were like, I get to stay. And I was like, it was such a win. Um, but then apparently a lot of other people had decided to have babies on that day. So even though I was technically admitted, I still had to stay in the emergency department while they waited for people to finish having their babies so that I could go upstairs and have my baby. (laughs) And you can't have your epidural until you're in your real room. They won't come down to the emergency department and give it to you. So I, uh, start to do a lot more labor (laughs) without one. And then I finally got... I finally got up to the room and by that time it was easy because I just kept telling myself this is going to be the last contraction before they give me the epidural. And I probably told myself that 10 times, but honestly it was fine because I knew I was so close to having the epidural. I was very clear that that was like, as soon as I was allowed to have it, I wanted it. So even before the room was like all the way cleaned, I think the anesthesiologist was like waiting. Cause I don't think I was in that room more than 10 minutes before they were in there and like ready to give it to me. And man, once that epidural hits, it's a different time. I was like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> so it's I, it's just a whole different way. I'm like, I'm less angry, a little hungry, but less angry. So it's okay. I had uh, an incredible labor and delivery nurse. Um, I was very, very lucky. She was amazing. Made me feel very like at peace and calm and not concerned about anything. My blood pressure was wi- weirdly high because it normally isn't. But other than that, I was, it was pretty standard and, um, it still took a while to get to 10 centimeters. It took a long time. Yeah. Uh, like long enough for your mom to be able to get there before yeah, you had to push. And still be there for a while before <laughs> the baby came out. I also got all the way to nine centimeters. And then they were like, I guess I'll break your water now. Cause my water never broke on its own, which is another thing that like movies and shows always are like, that's how you'll know your water will break on its own. And then you'll just have a baby. Which Mine is for not. sure a definitive sign. Yeah. But it does not break for everyone. Uh, yeah. I know a lot of people who it did break naturally. And that was like, sometimes people, I know people who are like already a few centimeters dilated and then it breaks. I know some people who it breaks before they're dilated at all. Um, yeah. Mine didn't ever. So they had to like stick something up in me at like nine centimeters to pop it. And it's a, it's a very weird feeling, especially because with an epidural, you can't feel pain, but you can still feel that things are happening. It's, <laughs> it's true. It's very it difficult to describe. It's so, so I true. like kind of felt it, but not really. And they probably broke my water. Like, I think it was right before my mom got there. So it was like around 2 a.m. And that baby still was not born until 546 a.m. And even when I started pushing, your contractions are uh, ideally very close together at that point. Uh, Mine were still like three to five minutes apart. So like in between each contraction, we'd just be like, all right. So just, and they gave me the Pitocin, which is supposed to make them closer together. 
Um, and it just didn't, nothing ever happened. Like they just stayed three to five minutes apart. So we would just have to wait a really long time in between each push, which no one else was concerned about, but I was very concerned that the baby was just going to get suffocated in, in the canal and die. And they were like, no, it's literally fine. I was like, I don't know. It just seems like something that could happen. Like, are you sure it's okay? That's your motivation right there. Let me push. We're still doing it. it, But like, are you sure it's okay? Are you, are you sure? So, um, yeah, it was just a a long period of time, but that epidural made it super, super great. Meanwhile, the woman, like two rooms down, definitely did not have an epidural and uh, (laughs) was having a much less enjoyable time. And it sounded like she was in the room with us, which really, for me, solidified the fact that I will have an epidural every time I give birth. Honestly, that's just my personal experience. I totally understand why people do it, but I am not that person. I Because you can still feel it to an extent, and that's enough for me. (laughs) It gave me a whole new respect for people who make the choice not to get it, which, like you said, I I totally understand. In my experience, I would have had to get something regardless because (laughs) of, like, the way my birth story went down. But um, the thing that it made me realize when I was having contractions was, like, why people train for it. Yeah. (laughs) Because if, like... It is a it is a mental game, like one million percent. You it is not just something you there that you can do with no training and go in and be like that was easy. Like Neat. I don't feel anything. Yeah, like people do. Um, like that's what the breathing techniques, like the the training for that, or yeah. like the psycho. What do they call it? It's like um, they put you in like a. Trance. It's like something therapy, but I can't remember. Where yeah, you like, like you get your mind to a place that's just like so peaceful that yeah, you can but just you've like, like yeah, you prepped the... with like specific music and like specific yeah. light triggers, and so like you, whenever like you dim the lights and hear these certain songs, you can like disassociate from what's happening. <laughs> and like that's the thing. I a part of that's the thing that made me realize. Yeah, I get why people do the training because otherwise <laughs> you can't just stroll in here and be like, I got this. Like, yeah, yeah. and if I'm you do. Guy. You are an incredible, like a beast. More power to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, I don't get it. Never me. <laughs> but uh, yeah, eventually she was born, and then now she's still here. She's gonna be two next week. Crazy. I, I love her so much. <laughs> me too. Um, how long did you push for? Um, I What's- probably started pushing around four. And then she was born at like 546. So like an hour and 45 Probably, minutes. yeah. I could be wrong, truthfully, because I, I like hadn't slept much. But. I think that is correct, because I feel like that is what I recall as well. I It would have been faster, but the contractions were just so, so far apart. They slow me down. They really were just like, all right, I guess we're just waiting. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, that's just so wild. So yeah, my story is, is very different. Um, because, I mean, it starts different, because I had an induction date. So... Um, again, Marlo was determined to live in me for her whole life. Uh, and so therefore we had to schedule a date for her to not to be physically removed. <laughs> yes. Um, so she was due the 27th of October and the soonest they could get me much like you, everyone was having babies. Yep. Although mine is like, they're like COVID babies. Yeah. So like, there's a lot of babies being born. Also a lot of inductions, which was wild because the soonest they could get me in was, um, November. Well, we went in Halloween nights, October 31st. And then the actual like birth was planned to happen on November 1st, which is what happened. Yes. Um, She was born. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Spoiler alert that that baby is born. Um, so that that was the plan, and that was as soon as they could get me in. And I say that that's wild because it was planned like two weeks before, like when we discussed it, it was two weeks before my due date. So the soon as they could get me in was like 
all, like three weeks later, which just blew my mind. Because so many babies. If they had told me, let's go today at that two week mark, I would have been like, heck please yeah. God, yes. <laughs> like, absolutely, what a time, let's go. Um, but they did not, unfortunately. So uh, that was the beginning of our story. So, and every day up to that, I was like, we're going to have this baby before the, come on, let's get out. Let's get out of me. And again, she just, she refused. So we ended up handing out candy on <laughs> Halloween <laughs> up to the, up to the moment that we had to leave to go to the hospital. Carmen was trading, um, he may have already told this story. He was literally trading kids on our porch for Skittles because we did not have Skittles. We bought candy last minute and it was all candy he hated. And he so, wanted the Skittles not he, to hand out, just to eat himself. Correct. So he literally went, hey, kids, I'll give you this candy, but you got any Skittles? Because I'll trade for you. And there were, let me tell you, there were several children who fell for this and actually gave him bags <laughs> of Skittles. Uh, so that was what we were doing before we went to the hospital. We went to the hospital and... Uh, my induction had to start with um, a, a, essentially a medicine that is supposed to like soften your cervix, which again, my body wasn't doing anything naturally. So it was pretty much a zero, <laughs> like ground zero, like nothing was going on. Again, she was like going to be in there a very long time. Uh, the reason that they ended up scheduling an induction was because they were concerned about her size. They kept telling me that she was this huge baby. Like I was expecting I was going to give birth to, <laughs> to like, a toddler. Literally, like a four-year-old child. Like, I didn't understand. And I just didn't get it because I was like, I haven't gained that much weight during this pregnancy. And I just, I'm like eating pretty well and she's really healthy. Like, I know I'm pregnant, but like, and I feel huge, but there's no way that she's 45 pounds. Like, I don't get it. Um, but they kept saying she was going to be easily nine pounds, probably more. Um, and so I was, of course, just anticipating this huge, huge, enormous baby to come out of me. Um, and because of that, they didn't want her going too far past her due date. So they scheduled the induction and we go into the hospital. They give us this medicine to get things started. They gave me two rounds of that. And then my body went into labor on its own. That is not the intent of that medicine. <laughs> um, so that was a surprise to everyone, including the nurses, uh, because my body decided it was go time. They were like, oh, well, while we're here, we'll just go ahead and do what we were supposed to do the whole time. Great. <laughs> so um, I knew. So I had the fortunate, let's call it fortunate experience of my water breaking. That's how we knew that I had started to go into active labor. Um and let me just tell you, it is not like it is not like the movies describe it. It's not like one gush and you're like, oh, my gosh, my water broke. Like it's literally the best way I can describe it is you feel like you are nonstop peeing yourself <laughs> until you give birth to a baby. Like it is a constant stream of fluid that never ends. So when people's water break, like in a public setting, all I could think about while my water was breaking was, is there just like a trail of like <laughs> liquid following them everywhere they go? Like in the future, do I need to have towels in my car? <laughs> Diapers like, ready to go. Seriously. It was like definitely a learning experience. Unless that was just my experience and other people whose waters have broken is a very different experience. You guys can tell me that. But when my water broke, it was never ending and it was wild. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I will say also... Because I wasn't sure, I woke Carmen up and said, Carmen, either I just peed myself a lot or my water is breaking. And he went, oh, and then fell back asleep. So that was fun. That was a fun time. Um, although he will tell you he never slept, but that is not true. That Trust seems me. like a lie. 
Exactly. So my, I didn't go in with contractions, but I, and like, I was worried I wasn't going to get to experience. Well, I was both worried and excited that I wasn't <laughs> going to get to experience contractions because with an induction, really they can kind of get things going and give you an epidural before you really have to necessarily feel that for too long or right. feel that at all. But again, here we are where my story, it gets to be unique. So, um, dilation wise, I went, I was at a one when my water, <laughs> I was like a wee, I was at a nine. <laughs> I know. I was one. My thing uh, is I'm like, if they didn't break my water, would she just come out in a ball of water, like in a fishbowl? I don't know. I don't know how that works, but it was like, I don't know. I have no idea. It was the weirdest thing. Um, yes, but I got to be at a one, not a nine. Although, <laughs> How wild if I had gotten there and my body immediately got to a nine. That would, be, that would have been a fun time. Um, so I got to a one. Anyways, at that point, I was like, cool. So, like, I can get the epidural now, right? And they were like, yeah, we super don't recommend doing that this early. And you're like, <laughs> like, it could really slow things down because that's often what an epidural does because your body, there's a reason that your body naturally feels the pain it does because yeah. it moves things the way it's supposed to, right? So... I was like, okay, so what am I supposed to do? And they said, basically, you just got to hang out <laughs> hang out and feel the pain for a while. So, again, my body was not doing things very well naturally. So I uh, labored for, like, a lot of hours. Yeah. Uh, and it was excruciatingly <laughs> painful. And all my body was able to get to was a three. <laughs> and I was like, what a sick joke. Yeah. Because genuinely, the pain that I was feeling... I thought I'm at a nine. Like I am yeah. at a nine. The like, baby's ba coming out. Yes. That's why it hurts. Yes, because it and it did the thing. And I don't know if this is because of the medicine that they gave me, but they did not start like it wasn't a progression. Like it was immediately punching me in the face. Yeah. Most painful thing ever. And so um, I will say I was grateful to have Carmen because they 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 can help you with like counter pressure. So as the contractions were happening, he was like pushing on my hips or like into my lower back to like try to ease some of that like excruciating pain. But yeah, nothing really. Now, once you feel a contraction, which is a blessing, because if you plan to have more than one child, you're like, thank God. Now I actually know. Yes. Because that was a constant question. I was like, is this like, yeah, do how I do you know? And yeah. then they're like, you'll know. And then you have it. And you're like, oh, I know now. <laughs> exactly. Like once you you're like, I get it when they say, oh, you'll just know. What I don't get is when people tell me it's just like the most painful version of a period cramp, because I don't know what kind of periods y'all are having. But like that, I mean, that is not the most painful version of a period cramp. It's it felt like not like that at all. It just is. It is painful. I don't. It just. It is hurt. It hurts. Were, were yours more in your hips or your back or both? More in my hips. Mine were really well, in my hips and then a little in my legs, which is similar to my period. I was going to say it was same. actually a little in my. Mine was kind of. I. It yeah. was a little bit. What everywhere. I remember the most is the hips. The way I describe it is it felt like someone crawled into my hip bone and then set it aflame internally. <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. It was so... I know that um, sounds dramatic and absurd, but that is the best way I can describe it to you. I, I also will say, like, my experience... So yours were three to... Like, I'm sure you were, like, timing yours more consi consistently. I don't know. Again, I don't know if it was the medicine. Mine were not consistent, and yeah. they were... Like genuinely, there were times they were actually 30 seconds apart and there were times where they were two minutes apart. But because of, for whatever reason, I was having like intense close yeah. contractions for like hours and hours <laughs> and hours. Um, although I'm sure some of them were four to five and I'm just being dramatic. Well, but when I first went in at like 1 a.m., they were all consistently three to five minutes. Like I had a note 
open in my phone and I was writing down every, and none of them were more than five minutes apart. Most of them were three minutes apart. And like your whole life, you hear three to five minutes, you get to go to the hospital. And then it means nothing because I got there and they were three to five minutes apart. And they were like, yeah, they're three to five minutes, but you have to leave. And I was like, cool. And yours was because you weren't dilated enough, right? Yeah, I was one or two. And then I was three. And then when they finally admitted me, I was four. And then when I got my epidural, I was seven. And that was, that was like 8 PM. So it was still a very long time before I was at 10. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. It was an experience. So I'm going through these contractions. Also another, uh, just a a story that makes me giggle to this day. Um, Again, Karma was trying to sleep through all this and I'm just like actually dying. He is helping with the counter pressure, but because um, again, often they were so close together. He, what he would do is he would like help and then he would go lay down for he'd be like i'm just gonna rest between this one and i wanted to be like oh yeah am i resting (laughs) um but i didn't i tried to be calm and because they were so close there was a point where he um he goes to lay down and he was like okay i'm I'm just gonna close i'm just gonna close my eyes let me know when the next one hits and he just take like three steps away and i was like it's coming (laughs) and he was like are you sure because like, those are awfully close together. And I was like, I am pretty sure. I will kill you is what I am sure of. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was one of my favorite memories. <laughs> I say that like it was just, like, so pleasant. But it is funny to think about. So I'm going through the labor. Um, and then finally I hit, like, a peak pain threshold. And I say, guys, I can't. Physic- I, like, call my nurse. And I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Genuinely. I need I need drugs. I need you to give me an epidural. She was like, let's check where you are. Again, I was at a three. But she was like, I think we can give it to you now. And I I also cried. I was like, tears so of happy. pain and joy. I was like, thank you so much. And exhaustion. It was, yes, and exhaustion for sure. Um, and so I got the epidural. And what happened for me is they could feel like they could feel her head, like things were moving really well. Cause like I said, your body's pain progresses things naturally. And once I got the epidural and laid down to, like you said, take a nap because Lord knows that's, you're not going to nap for a while. Yeah. Um, I apparently, she was like, thanks mom. And like went right back up and was like, I am going to live here even longer now. Bitch, um, you thought. Yeah. So that was our experience. So then they gave us Pitocin and they were like, we're really going to try to get this going. And all it did was make the contractions even more intense. But again, I had the epidural, so I wasn't really feeling them. I was feeling like pressure, but not pain. It's really weird. (laughs) Mostly in my butt, which was really (laughs) a weird feeling. Um, I had to ask multiple times, like, I feel a lot of pressure in my butt, which is a weird thing to say out loud. but (laughs) To a stranger. It's true. You say a lot of weird things. Yeah, there's if like the time... For modesty is not at your birth. <laughs> it's true. Everything is out. All the words, all the body parts, whatever you got to do. Um, yeah, it's an experience. So then um, at, there was just a certain point where uh, it had been a very long time. The Pitocin wasn't doing – like I was not regret. Like I could – my body could not progress past the three. The doctor came in and said essentially um, – that we could, we were looking at a C-section. I could make the choice to try a little longer to see if my body would do that, but that could theoretically put the baby in distress if, um, like, that's what the future could hold for her if we made that decision. Or we could go ahead and make the decision at that point to have a C-section. Carmen and I obviously did not want to even risk putting her in distress because that is very dangerous for both me and her. Um, And so we chose a C-section, and that's when it got real. Real (laughs) It literally turned into, like, a TV episode of, like, some whatever, Grey's Anatomy, some (laughs) kind of doctor show. Um, 
And like they roll me out of bed, throw me into an OR, <laughs> stero- they're sterilizing me, pumping me with more anesthesia. <laughs> I'm like, can't feel 90% of my body. I'm just laying flayed open, like, what's going on? They sterilize, like, it's wild. Carmen comes in with a full sterile suit on. Yeah. Um, they would not let him watch, actually, because um, basically they just didn't want to have another patient on their hands if he were to pass out. <laughs> and pretty common. Yeah, and, um, yeah, so I ended up getting a C-section. Not what was the plan, but I mean, I didn't really have a plan going yeah. in, but I don't think anyone's like, I'm for sure. I mean, <laughs> unless you physically discuss that with your doctor yeah. and you medically have to do it, no one goes into the hospital thinking that you're going to have that. Um, so that was what happened to us. And it was kind of a cool experience. Is a quick 45-minute surgery. Uh, the thing that took the longest was putting me back together. <laughs> the baby was out like within ten, less than 10 minutes, which was wild to yeah. me. Um, so I'm, I'm always going to tell her that I pushed for less than 10 minutes. Um, really, I pushed zero times, (laughs) but I was still in pain for a long time. (laughs) Yes. Um, for me, yeah. After that, they like, kind of like throw you back onto another bed, roll you into a recovery room, make sure that you're like, you know, okay. And your body wakes back up from all the anesthesia. Um, and then from there, I think for me, the toughest part was like just the recovery because your body has gone through this traumatic uh, surgery. Yeah. And so Jessica, multiple times I had to remind her that like four days prior, she had in fact been cut in half. She kept true. being like, Oh, right. I forgot. It's true. I was like, I'm just, I just wish I could do this or man, like, Oh, I have so many dishes in my sink or oh, I'm just so tired. I shouldn't be this tired. She's a good sleeper. And then, yeah, you're like, yeah, remember that time? Like your organs were on a table. Like not that long ago. <laughs> maybe, maybe give yourself some grace. It's I true. do feel I, um, it's frustrating to me that people treat um, vaginal births versus C-sections. They are like literally different. Like I know that they're different, but they both come with a like wild amount of healing you have to do. So no one is less impressive for doing one versus the other. And it um, frustrates me that people feel that way about one or the other, because no matter what you still have to heal, whether it's your body is being put back together or your body is trying to like grow itself back together. But um, they're both very, very difficult. And one is literally a major surgery. If you've never had abdominal surgery, I once had abdominal surgery where they literally all they did was cut a hole in my belly button and like stick a tube in and poke it around to burn some stuff off from the inside. And I was in pain from that for like upwards of two weeks. So and that was not at all giving birth. And I did not have a newborn after that. I was 19. So I got to lay in a bed for two weeks and do nothing. And I was still in wild amounts of pain. So regardless of how someone gets their baby it's a big deal and like they deserve all the grace in the world (laughs) so yeah that's just how I feel well it's interesting you say that because I did not pre me having a (laughs) c-section I did not realize that there was a weird stigma around um like you being like the the true motherhood like aspect it's really because I called my mom to let her know like of course like all your like all the parents are panicking people want to know what's going on so I called her and said hey I have to have a c-section and uh, ironically, she had exactly the same experience, which is why I was a planned C-section <laughs> because she too could not progress. And she had gone through emotionally um, a lot of like distress from that. And so oh, something she said to me, which I hadn't thought about was, 
She said, I want you to know you're not less of a mother just because you have to have a C-section. And I, my response was, well, yeah, why would I be? Right, but yeah. I didn't realize there was like that kind of a, like a stigma around like people. Yeah, I only knew it because I've seen like a lot of it in blogs where moms talk about like how disappointed they are in themselves and they like feel like they're less. And I'm like, that's, you should absolutely not feel right. that way. That's absurd. Like, first of all, you still went through a large amount of the pain of doing the labor. Truly. And then someone cut you in half and removed all of your insides and, and then, a baby and then like stapled you back together like none of that sounds pleasant okay yeah so it's just it is annoying and if you feel that way um you are wrong and if you feel that they are the same then you are correct well done just don't <laughs> ever make anyone feel like they're not good enough for anything because it's rude yes and if you're a mom out there who had to have a c-section you're a boss you didn't do it because you're lazy <laughs> all right like yeah. no one thinks that it's true it's yeah, i don't true. know where the stigma started but i um hate that person who started it because it's like you're already going like birth no matter how it's done is truly a very traumatic event like just physically speaking so no one should have to feel guilt about how it happened regardless of whether it's because you like didn't want to get an epidural or you ended up having a c-section like if you have produced a human that's impressive like end of sentence there's no caveats to that no uh, just yes snaps to that preach <laughs> yes be nice to pregnant people oh my gosh and please moms. do honestly no but overall overall just like i had a great great nursing staff like great experience um yeah it was just it was it was a time <laughs> yes <laughs> it was a time i feel like even like for me, having what's technically considered, I guess, a normal experience, I still didn't have any idea what to expect going in. So, again, it's one of those things where people don't really talk about it very much, and I don't understand why. It's true. It's really weird. Like, just normalize letting people tell their birth stories, because it's also, like, it's just kind of cool to tell it and, like, remember it and relive it. And, like, it's such, like, an important part of your life because you really, like, your entire life changes that day. So it is cool to share that story. And I know everyone just wants to be like, oh, who does the baby look like? And I just want to be like, let me tell you about how she got here. Yeah, Sit first, down, kids. First, let me tell you this story. We had to walk uphill in the snow both ways to get <laughs> this baby. Honestly. Honestly, yeah. So, yes. That's, uh, yeah, we'll have to do another episode later on about having like physically having babies here in front of you because that's a whole other time it, i think yeah <laughs> yeah it is yeah again it's not what you think it's gonna be because no. no one tells you the truth no it really is man let me just say all i'll say about that is you will experience more anxiety in your life than you have ever experienced before because you have to keep it's not a plant like you have to keep this human alive and you will believe everything is going to kill it yeah. Because if you get on Google, the internet will tell you that your baby is dying no matter what you ask it. It's true. Dr. Google has tried to kill your baby. Stay off of Google, please, God. (laughs) We could do multiple episodes on that now that I've lived it. Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. So, yes, thank you for listening to us talk about our experiences and, um, like, tell your friends and tell your family to listen to this weird episode especially any pregnant people you may know yes please recommend them this to them so that they can also compare and contrast their journey (laughs) you know everyone's story is different i will say i do know people who didn't throw up ever during their pregnancy yeah i'm very envious of those people i will say before we sign off completely 
Um, you may have like a crazy birth plan and like want really specific things. And I think that there are definitely certain things you should go in knowing that you want because those are concrete things you can Control. and and like should communicate with your doctor about. But um, I did not go in and I'm with one and I'm grateful for that. Um, well, with a super detailed one, right, I will yes. say. And I'm grateful for that because I am like the type of personality that if which my, it did not go like I thought it was going to at all. Um, I, I think I would have been disappointed or frustrated by that. And because I did not have a super rigid idea in my mind of what I needed and what was going to happen, and I kind of just let the professionals do what the professionals do. <laughs> the the um, large amount of training, extensive training that <laughs> yeah. they've dedicated um, their lives to. Yeah, I think it helped me appreciate my story regardless of what happened. And I didn't have like I didn't have that disappointment because right. I wasn't going in being like, I must have a vaginal birth or <laughs> yeah. else. Like, who cares if this baby feels pain? Yeah. Like, no, like absolutely not. <laughs> so that would be like one of my suggestions is like do whatever you're gonna do. Like it's your story, it is your pregnancy and your birth, but um just know that like anything the baby's in control. Yeah. As Anything much as you want happen. to be in control, you're just never in for the rest of your life going to be in control yeah. again. Cause I think I similarly, all I really knew was that I was planning on having that epidural. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty much my birth plan. It's <laughs> just same. like at some point, make me not feel the birth. That's all I knew. <laughs> Other same. than that, I was like, whatever's best for the baby and gets her here healthy yeah. and safe. Like, so obviously, you know, talk to doctors, but also listen to doctors. Yes. You're, if you're not one, there's probably a reason that they are like, ask appropriate questions, but don't think that you know more than that. If the doctor you probably don't. doesn't give you the answer you want, that doesn't mean you get to just get on Google and think you have a medical degree <laughs> because you probably don't. Yeah. So, but yeah, just let like talk to other people who have given birth and been pregnant and, and listen to their experiences and, but don't take it as, Oh, this is for sure how it's going to be. Cause clearly like we had very different experiences from beginning to end. So you just never know, really just prepare yourself for anything. Cause that's probably what's going to happen. Yes. And just maintain being grateful. I think that, um, <laughs> that will help even if it is terrible, which pregnancy is, but the, uh, honestly being grateful is what gets you through it. Like yeah. knowing at the end, you're like, okay, I'm doing this for a reason. It yeah. is going to be worth it, but it is also okay to, to be upset during it because sometimes it's the worst. You can Amen. feel multiple emotions. It's okay to be a complex human being. Absolutely. Especially while you're growing another one and have raging hormones. Oh my God. It's <laughs> <laughs> true. So true. Um, but yes, thank you for listening to us and listen to other, listen to other moms and other pregnant ladies and, um, give them many hugs because they want them. <laughs> so true. Um, oh, I remember, um, if you've got a dream, go and chase it. Bye.